Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 61 of the Football Absurdity Podcast. Today's date is January 3rd, 2020, which makes it twice that I've had to reference 2020. I wrote a check yesterday, I brought this up, and I didn't do 2019 either time, so I'm very proud of myself. You wrote so, a check? Uh, for, um... At the grocery store? No, uh, for uh, mortgage. Gotta write a check for the mortgage. So, um... So yes, I did write a check. <laughs> I didn't know those existed anymore. Uh, they are, as far as I know, they only exist in a drawer in my wife's desk in her office. That's I have to, I have it on auto pay because otherwise my uh, wife's crazy stalker will find a way to mess with it. He called my mortgage company and said we were filing for divorce and selling the house. Oh, cool! Wow, very cool. Where are you going to go live? At his house. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've, right. I've been living in his mind rent free. I might as well complete it. That's true. So in this episode, we have uh, no uh, fantasy football to talk about in this one. So what we'll be doing today is um, we're going to be looking back on uh, some of our season uh, preview predictions that we had. We had some over-unders back in May. We had some top fives a little closer to the season. Evan's actually going to be running this one, but uh, I'm doing the housekeeping off the top. Uh, if you found us through Twitter or the website footballabsurdity.com, Go ahead and find us wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple Music, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Wherever you get podcasts, we'll be there. If we're not there, go ahead and drop us a message on Twitter. It's at FBallAbsurdity, and I'll work on getting it there. Um, if you do subscribe, we do ask that you rate and review however they let you do that in your app of choice. And um, if you want to chat with us, uh, it's uh, a little dry right now because we're in the dead season uh, before fantasy uh, or after fantasy before the playoffs. But we have a great discord. A lot of great guys in there. It's uh, uh, tiny.cc slash absurdity. We'll get you into the discord and you can come chat with us. Uh, what we got going on on the website this week is we have some uh, wildcard previews. We got some Super Bowl previews. Um, I'm working on a series that I did. I, I looked it up. I first did this five years ago, which uh, it's kind of wild. It's uh, it's uh, how they win. I take a look at each team um, in the games this weekend, and I look at an important player, important position group, and an important stat that's key to them uh, winning the game. Um, and uh, if you want to go ahead and support us, uh, there's two ways you can do that. We got Patreon, patreon.com slash football absurdity. It's three bucks a month. Um, and it is uh, during the off season, you get a, uh, an episode every week, um, one in the main feed, one in the bonus feed. So if you're uh, not a patron, you only hear half the content we got going on in the off season. Um, and finally, the best way, the coolest way, if you check out the description uh, of the podcast, there is a leak, link to a tea Public store. I designed a Beer Sheets shirt. Beer Sheets is our signature product. It is the fully customizable uh, fantasy football cheat sheet. And um, there's a very cool uh, design in there for beer sheets that uh, you can uh, you can rock and um, uh, it'll help support the website. So now that that's out of the way, uh, Evan is going to be in control of this episode. He did the grunt work on this one, which I don't know if listening if I should call listening to our podcast grunt work. But uh, Evan, it's all yours. Take it away. All right. We need to travel back in time mentally. For the first one here, July 20th. So the draft has happened, but preseason hasn't even started up, and rumors are flying. This was the day when we did over-unders. It was Jeff, Walid, and I, and while he's not here, Mike's here. Mike, we have a prediction section coming up too, but Mike's going to go ahead and give his reaction and all this stuff, and maybe once or twice I'll hold him accountable for something that he had nothing to do with. Uh, the first one that Jeff proposed was about a young man named Damian Williams. And Jeff wanted to know the over-under on the number of carries. Mike, do you want to guess, or maybe you know, do you want to guess how many carries Jeff put the over-under at? Well, knowing his disdain for <laughs> uh, Damian Williams, so I would probably say uh, 120. And that would have been really close to what he got. Now, Jeff, I guess... Uh, overestimated how much Walid or I uh, liked Damian Williams because he put it at 199.5. And I would like to defend myself. There was some math involved in that. I forget what it was. I think it was something like uh, 14 and a half yards or carries per game. No, it wasn't that. Um, I'll figure it out. <laughs> well, I had was... to do some math too because 
Damian Williams missed five games, and I didn't like, we all picked the under, and I didn't like being right about that. So I figured out he had a hair over 11 carries per game on average in the 11 games he did play. So that would make it still 176 carries uh, on the season. So even if he played every game, he wasn't going to get there. So good job, Jeff, Evan, and Walid, who I now realize are the first initial of our first name spells out Jew. Oh, boy. Huh. I just wrote that. Like, why do I have the word Jew written down in the middle of my page? That's kind of crazy. Oh, that's why. All right. Thoughts on Damian Williams, gentlemen? Uh, he stinks. He was who we thought he was. Applauding RB4. Uh, like, I mean... You're in a league, you're in a league with, uh, like, five starting running backs. Was he? Did he have value in that league? Uh, yeah, I mean... I'll, yeah. You almost have to give value to almost every running back, but someone someone like him would, would definitely get some some good value. He was probably a starter every week, uh, just due to the fact that when you're doing five running backs, he, and he's on the Chiefs, he's going to produce something, and basically that's what you want is just points. All right. So good job. There is a universe where Jamie Williams didn't disappoint somebody. Uh, he didn't disappoint. Any of us, because we weren't picking him for the round three price tag he was fetching. Or round two sometimes. Craziness. Here's the, here's the problem with Damian Williams, I think, is uh, he's kind of doing the same thing he did last year. He's doing it again. Yeah, he is. He's, he's blowing it up. I know exactly what you're talking about, because I saw it um, in the last couple games. Him just, um, I mean, again, who was it? Was it against Buffalo? that he just like ran over the defensive back and just had one hell of a game. Uh, I think that was the chargers. The they, chargers. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, here's the problem. He's gone over a hundred yards and, uh, Oh no, he's come, uh, gone over 90 yards in four out of his last five games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. So exactly. We're going to be right back to where we were in the beginning of last year, next year. Well, speaking of being right back to where we were, Jeff was also high on Kenny Galladay. And I just did a double take because I didn't realize he finished as the sixth highest scoring fantasy receiver. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Touchdowns. Wow. He did yeah, I think he led the league in touchdowns. And that segues into this bit of disappointment. Wally, Jeff, and I all said over on Jeff's prediction of 1,199.5 receiving yards. And he ended up with. <laughs> 1,190 <laughs> yards. But, <laughs> that's when we deserve to win because we were all just high on him and he, he outperformed fantasy expectations. So I, I think he should get uh, 11 yards for playing with David Blau. It is, yeah. It's hard to take that one on the chin because I'm like, we were right. We were right about being – we were so into him. If you listen to the podcast, I even jokingly say over – I would take the over on him going first overall. <laughs> so that's how high we were on him, and we were right. So that it's hard to take that one on the chin. Yeah, that's that really stinks, Mike. How are you on Galladay before the season? Um, yeah, I probably would have gone like the over as well, but not much over. I think that would probably have been like the breaking point. Um, and I, I had no idea he was going to score ten touchdowns. That that to me would be like I would I would probably put him in the five to seven categories. So I would say 1,200 yards and five to seven is probably what I would have mentioned in the beginning. Yeah. And he kept scoring touchdowns without his quarterback, which was a shocker. So yeah. He, he Galladay is apparently, is he going to be a, so he's going to be around, is he going to be a top six wide receiver pick next mm. draft season? He'll have his quarterback back probably. Uh, I don't know. I, I think that wide receiver might be too deep for that. Would you uh, take him over Mike Evans? Over Mike Evans? There's too many question marks in uh, Tampa Bay to answer that right now, I think. That's true. That's true. Would you take him over DJ Moore? Who? yeah. Keenan Allen. Mike, would you take him over DJ Moore? Yes, I would. Okay. I take him over. Keenan Allen's the same way. It depends on who's quarterback there. It's going to be Cam Newton, but 
Well, that's interesting. Slightly less interesting was Jeff's third over-under, handsome Jimmy G. Garoppolo. Handsome James! 31.5 touchdown passes. <laughs> Mike, could you have gone over or under on this? I would have gone way under. I probably would have had him like at 25. Evan and Walid went under, and Jeff went over. And honestly, Jeff was correct about his optimism for the Niners. He yeah. was correct about this, though. Jimmy G finished with 27 passing touchdowns. How many rushing touchdowns? I don't have it down. Do you know how many rushing touchdowns he scored? One. He scored have- one? Oh. Okay. Uh, Jeff, are you disappointed, or are you just happy that the Niners had a great season? No, I'm not disappointed. What I uh, what I underestimated is uh, how many short rushing touchdowns the Niners would have. I pictured a lot of uh, dump offs to the running backs, uh, tap passes, that sort of thing. So, hey, you know what? Hard to be mad with 13 and three. So yeah, the, the interesting thing about that is, if, if you told me that Jimmy G was going to throw thir- you know close to 32 passes, touchdown passes, I'd come back to you and say, what, do you actually expect the 49ers to go 13-3 and three this year? <laughs> we were really high. Almost, I almost spit out my water, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> we were really high on the 49ers uh, wide receivers at the time, too. We thought Dante Pettis would be a thing, and Marquise Goodwin would break out, Debo Samuel. So those uh, those long rainbows to wide receivers just never emerged. And yeah. It's fault. Nah, um... Nah, I, I mean, I'm I'm happy with 27, even though I was wrong. <laughs> I can't believe I said it at 32. Jesus Christ! You were happy. <laughs> I was I was high on my own supply. Speaking of being happy to get a prediction wrong, I don't know the answer to this one. Jeff's going to come to the numbers, but I hope I'm wrong. Wally wanted to know Baldwin surgeries, surgeries for Doug Baldwin over under 1.5. And I, Jeff Waldeed and I took the over, so I'm hoping we were wrong. I hope he's doing fine. I have the answer. According to Seahawks Wire, a subsection of USA Today, Doug Baldwin had a knee surgery, a shoulder surgery, and a sports hernia surgery this year. And a nose job. And a nose job, but that's elective. <laughs> oh, he had three. Okay, well, that's too bad. I hope he's doing well. I, I think there are those end-of-career cleanups that people get, so I think he's doing okay. Good, good. Hopefully he got out in time. This whole thing it, just makes me sad, looking back in retrospect. This is before we knew that Doug Baldwin was retiring, FYI. We're just speculating on, on the welfare of private citizens here. Yeah, and here's the, here's the kicker. That USA Today report was from before we recorded this episode. <laughs> Oh my the God. episode where we guessed one and a half. So when Wally predicted it, he'd already had three. Yeah, he'd already had three. <laughs> I wonder if he retired. Yeah, really. Speaking of retired, do you think AJ Green's going to retire? Nah. Mike, don't you... get, get a quarterback in the draft, and he'll be happy. Yeah, he's, he's got to resign first, though. Yeah, he's got to resign first. Well, he had an amazing contract season. <laughs> He, uh, yeah, so uh, why? I know what you're teasing. Let's just pull the Band-Aid off. AJ Green, over under 1,000 yards. 1,000 <laughs> yards? Jeff and That's... Waleed had the over. Evan, oh, my... the eternal pessimist and hater of all things fun, had the under. Hold on. Was this before he got hurt? He got hurt while we were recording this. Really? Yeah. Yeah, there's a break where you're like, A.J. Green carted off a field. I don't think we revisited it to let oh, you change your prediction. Oh, my God. That's crazy. We cursed him. You understand that? We cursed A.J. Green. He's always hurt, though. Wow. He's yeah. hurt. been hurt every year for, like, the last five years. Yeah, but he's also gotten over 1,000 yards every year of his career, but two. So it's like... Six to the eight years, yeah. Which two were which two were those? Uh, 2016 and 18. Yeah. So that, I mean, this was a back and forth we had on the podcast too, where I was like, two of the last three years though. Look, so. look, it's AJ Green. He we cursed him. It's fine. We you know what? It's we have a lot of power though, boys. We got to be careful with it. Yeah, Mr. AJ Green, because you know he listens. We're sorry. Yeah. 
Super sorry. Many apologies. And then Waleed, uh, ever the Bears fan, which should be outlawed by the Geneva Conventions. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to use that joke again and again. Uh, he wanted to know over or under on how many kickers the Bears would have this year. Uh, and he had 2.5. 2.5 kickers. And correct me if I'm wrong, I, I looked it up. I believe Eddie Pinheiro was their only kicker. Wow, really? The whole year. Yeah. So Bears straightened it out, I guess. Too bad the rest of their team collapsed. They fixed their kicking and lost everything else. Hold on. I'm, I'm going to see if I can be correct on a technicality. <laughs> I would have gone under on that one. Uh, Waleed went under. Jeff I mean, went over. over. I'm sorry, over, because Pinero's a rookie. So I probably would have figured, okay, he's not going to pan out. Then they'll bring someone else in. They're not really going to like him, and then he'll be out. So I, w- I probably would have guessed three. Uh, Jeff guessed over, Waleed guessed under, and I apparently found the subject too boring to even weigh in with an opinion. <laughs> I never answered the question on the podcast. <laughs> I'm, not even, I'm, I'm not even right on a technicality. They brought in one kicker in the, in the, uh, for the 90-man other than uh, Pinero. <sighs> Ridiculous. I wonder if I would have said over or under. I was thinking about that today. And probably, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the pessimist, I would have said over. Mike made a great point about the rookie kicker. Yeah, that, I... I'm going to say that's what I meant to say. Yep. Yep. Well, moving on to that, something you meant to say, something else that we didn't mean to say, was hating on Todd Gurley, who had a reasonable RB2 season, which is kind of where he fell to, and played 15 of 16 games. Uh, I had an over-under of 199.5 carries for Todd Gurley. Uh, Waleed was correct with the over Gurley had 223 carries. And Jeff and Evan, the arthritic knee club, I don't have one. I'm just a member by proxy. Uh, we had the under. Well, how yeah. are you, Mike, on, on Gurley preseason? Before he even, well, I guess he didn't play in the preseason. But how were you on him? Did you think it was all smoke and mirrors? Or did you believe he had a serious knee injury? I, I, I believe that he, uh, he, well, it depends on what you mean by serious, but... I found him at value midway through the second round. So that's where I said I, I would not have picked him in the first round. I would not have picked him, say, in the first uh, four, five picks of the second round. But after that, then I think you're, you're, you are going to get value out of him. I get paranoid about injuries. That's why I, I, I was down on A.J. Green. Let me say that in English. That's why I was down on A.J. Green. I was wondering that, who A.J. Green was. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, if I if I talk for too long, the Midwestern accent that I didn't even <laughs> grow up in comes out. Um, I was down on Gurley. I just like healthy guys, you know. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. So, because right. so, yeah, what's the what's the thing that people always say? It's really easy to hit on a bust. It's a lot harder to hit on a breakout. So I'm like, let me just avoid all my busts. And see if I can hit the breakout. I, I, mean, I think one. Oh, go ahead, Jeff. I'm sorry. No, go for it, Mike. Um, I, I, I was I, I was going to say that I think one ninety nine point five is is really the the great breaking point. I would if 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 I would just say a number, I would have said like two hundred without knowing the over under of it. So I, I yeah, I two hundred to me or one ninety nine point five is is a great bet. Yes, yeah. all of the over-unders were wonderful because they all split us. So I'm yeah. the perfect handicapper. I thought I, I thought he was going to miss more than one game with his knee injury. I thought they were going to do a thing where they would have him inactive uh, two or three times in the year, just to you know for load management. And because there was all these reports about how like the running backs coach said things were going to be a lot different for Gurley and all that stuff, and that was a Ian Rappaport report. And it was like, okay, so I, I thought he was going to, you know, be inactive, maybe get two, three carries in two or three games this year to, uh, um, make up the, the, the final number that I got to. So, oh, well, yeah, what, what was the final number? Oh, for me under yeah. 199, I was, I was going to say, Evan, did I say what I thought he was going to get to? You did. I think it was 160 something. Dang, I was way down on Gurley. Oh, well. Well, somebody that we were down on is tight ends repeating 
a top five performance. Last year's top five tight ends were Kelsey, Kidder, Kittle. Kidder. Yeah, that's not even an accent. That's just me. Kelsey, Kittle, Jared Cook, Zach Ertz, and Eric Ebron. And I wanted the over-under on how many would repeat in top five. And it was 3.5. And Another good bet. Jeff took the under at first and switched to the over. I took the over, and Wally took the under. And we would have been right if you count Kelsey, Kittle, Ertz, and Raiders tight end insert here. That, <laughs> that would have been repeated because Waller and Andrews rounded out the top five for oh, that man. one. Yeah. So the, the old theory that two of the top five tight ends would be people you could just pick up out of the waiver wire still holds true. Yeah, that's that's uh I can we go with my first answer so I can be correct? Yes. Yes. I yes. even crossed on my paper. I was like, oh, he flipped. Okay. Glad I listened to the end here. Oh. Yeah. But what I did not do, what are your thoughts, Mike? You got any thoughts on top five tight ends? I would have gone with the three, Kittle, Ertz, and Kelsey, and that's it. So I would have been under. I feel like it's much more solid for next year because Waller's not going anywhere. Carr's not going anywhere. Andrews looked really good. I, I feel like next year maybe the top five will stay intact. Uh, there's a there's a drop-off there. There's a drop-off of about 20% fantasy points when you go to the sixth-best tight end, Hooper, and the seventh-best tight end, Jared Cook, oddly enough. Mm. Anyone can be a top-seven tight end, I guess. So I, <clears throat> I've, I've been kicking around some numbers. Um, you know, I've been working on the uh, what to look, for, you know, what to remember for each team thing. And um, I think Mark Andrews is going to make it a big four next year. I think he's going to make it uh, unless Ertz falls off. But I think he's going to reach the top echelon of tight ends with the other three. Um, he didn't he only played on 57 percent. He never played on more than 57 percent of snaps in any game. And he led all tight ends in air yards. So both of those tell me he'll be in for a bigger role next year, and uh, the air yards will just increase, which will increase his productivity, I think. Well, so. speak, speaking of uh, Mark Andrews and, and the Ravens, I think we were talking about this two uh, two podcasts ago. I don't know. It's been recent, though. Uh, we, we were discussing uh, Lamar Jackson's schedule, and I'm like, well, if he plays a tough schedule, then, you know, definitely look out for some decline and all that stuff and then you're like well let's look at it so we did and we noticed that it was you know where the where he was going to be playing the mm -hmm. conference and the divisions and stuff well they put out uh, an article um on who had the toughest schedule uh, i think bleacher report did and guess guess who had the 32nd or the easiest schedule in nfl <laughs> is it the ravens it is the ravens yeah all right baby Oh, man. That's good. I like that. Huh. I don't know if strength the schedule increase will uh, be enough to offset what's got to be an increased usage, though. 57% of snaps? Just yeah. Well, field, even if you don't throw to them, makes the, makes the secondary have to adjust. Well, they have that three-headed monster at tight end. That's the problem. Is that, And I think they'll go ahead and consolidate some of that this year into Mark Andrews. Well, yeah, Boyle doesn't need to really be on the team, and Hurst would probably love to get out and go go play somewhere else because he's not going to get. Oh yeah, he's he's buried. Yeah, so yeah, that's my so, big thing. Is next year I think Andrews is going to make it a, a a big four, if if Ertz hangs on. I think Andrews is due for a huge step forward. Yeah, hopefully. All right, top four, big four tight ends. Uh, moving on to rankings battles, and I'm looking up right now what month of the year we did these. Let's see here. Ah, uh, we did these on the uh, late July, early August. We had some rankings battles. Wait, no. <laughs> no, we uh, did this on the 20th of uh, August. August okay. 20th. So we'd seen a lot of footage by that time. And side note. Going over these past predictions really hammered home how much injuries affect early projections. And I know we know that for running backs and somewhat for wide receivers, but a person's quarterback going down can affect has affected some of these picks, like the Galladay one. Galladay would have been well over twelve hundred dollars with Stafford, twelve hundred yards with Stafford. 
Uh, mm-hmm. There's the auctioneer in me sticking back there. Uh, <laughs> and speaking of quarterback injuries, uh, Jeff had I had Ben Roethlisberger as QB eight. I thought he was going to be a steal, and Jeff had him at QB twenty two, and he finished at like QB thirty one. So that's happened. Although that was injury. If he had think... injured, I don't know. Didn't have right. to be less than thirty one. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Because he only played like game in three quarters or something like that. I wonder if Evan, if that was, I wonder, or Mike, I wonder if that, Evan, is that um, average? Because he had a, he played really poorly before he got hurt. Uh, no. Yeah, I must be off on that. Yeah, hold on. I'll pull it up. Um, cool. Did it, um, What did I say about that? Did I say that um, it was because of, uh, I, I thought he was going to get hurt. I don't know if he, uh, if I um, vocalized that. I don't remember. I pulled up the show notes for this. Ah, okay. So Big Ben, I don't know where 31 came. Big Ben is 48th in per game, and overall he is uh, 53rd. So behind Cam, right behind Cam Newton. Wow. <laughs> okay. If yeah. you're behind Cam Newton, you did a bad year. <laughs> I don't even recall Cam Newton playing. Uh, he he played two games and re and re injured his foot and then he was done. Ah, uh, <sighs> so what do we what do we got next? Well, we got one that was really accurate for Mike. Mike had Curtis Samuel as a back end wide receiver three. He had him ranked thirty first, and Jeff had him as wide receiver twenty four, slipping into the to the wide receiver two categories, and he finished. 35th overall on total points. And I'm pulling up whether he got injured. I didn't prep this by listening. I ran out of time. Uh, But I I just looked at the show notes. Nope, he didn't miss any time. Wow. A healthy Curtis Samuel. What is that? Is that Kyle Allen can't throw? Yes. I don't know. I'm going to go go with the unforeseen circumstance. Another example of a quarterback injury affecting our predictions. It's it's weird how many of these, maybe it's not weird, but to me it's weird how many of these were affected by quarterback injuries. Yeah. Didn't affect mine. Come on. (laughs) Oh, boy. Mike, why were you you down on Curtis Samuel? I just, he's a gadget player to me, and he, he, he caught on late last year um, in the second season. And before that, his rookie year, he was zero. And then all the way up to that that point, he was basically nothing. And then just the offense alone, it's, you, it's all, it's all uh, Christian McCaffrey. So there's not a lot of room for Chris. Well, it was Christian McCaffrey and um, the, God, what's his name? Cam Newton. Um, so there's not, there's not much left for two receivers. And I had, uh, which, um, which I'm called over Samuel. So that's kind of why I pushed Samuel back. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm looking back at, I, I called him a sleeper in February, 2019. I was looking back at the article and, uh, I did say that a key part of it is letting Cam Newton's big arm loose. So, uh, and I said, if his shoulder issues continue, it'd be a moot point. So I'm taking a push. Please give me a push. <laughs> I'll push you. All right. Oh, come on. Come on. But something Mike was pushing in the off season. Nailed the, nailed the Look segment. At this guy. Uh, Look at this guy. Was Nick Chubb being a top 10 running back. He had him eighth. And Jeff had Nick Chubb 17th. Uh, I believe you were scared of the Kareem Hunt factor. Correct. How did that break out? It seems like Kareem Hunt stole a bunch of passes and it didn't matter anyway because nobody else in the team wanted to produce. Well, if Mike wants to do a victory lap, I can look up some, <laughs> I can look up some splits for you to answer that Chubb question. Chubb finished seventh in total points scored. Uh, so Mike was wrong. <clears throat> Mike was wrong. My hat, Mike said eight. And um, Evan, I think you'll look back. If you look back at the notes again, you'll see that it's actually – um i7 as in i think he's going to finish 7th so so i will go ahead and take that victory lap thank you very I much i can Evan. i can give you a point here your main point was that you need a player in the fantasy playoffs 
Uh, and he wasn't going to perform with Kareem Hunt there. And while he scored 12 in Week 14 and 22 in Week 15, he scored four and a half for people in the championship game. See, and I'm uh, prescient. I saw that coming. You're Nostradamus. Who could have can... foreseen the collapse of Cleveland's offense? <laughs> I could see the future. Um, so, look, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Kareem Hunt stole a lot from uh, Nick Chubb. Look at this. Rush attempts without um, Kareem Hunt, 19.25 per game. With him, 18. That's a rush and a quarter per game, guys. That's four yards. He also stole. uh, He was four targets without Kareem Hunt. (laughs) 2.25 with Kareem Hunt. I mean, come on. He, he, He soaked up production like a sponge. No, I'm just joshing you guys. You, you, you must have forgotten your stretching exercises this morning. Nah. You me now. Do you want me? Do you want me to stretch? Because I can. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it really what it came down to. Uh, the cream. The the reason that Nick Chubb was not top five in the second half of the season was that his touchdown rate was way down. That's what it was. It had nothing to do with Cream Hunt. So I will. Well, another person that has nothing to do with Kareem Hunt is Ezekiel Elliott. And Mike called me out for putting Zeke as the number one RB at that time. Uh, Yeah, and that's how it was when the season started. Mike had him as RB5, and he finished as the fourth running back. He did not, most people don't know this, but he did not finish as the number one running back this year. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Do you know who did? (laughs) Um, Was it me? Yes. Yes, if you are Christian McCaffrey. Ah. Uh, Mike, who – you had the big three ahead of him, right? And who was the fourth person you had ahead of him? Oh, wow. Uh, I'm really big on David Johnson. I hope it's not David Johnson. Um, oh, probably Kamara, maybe? I don't know. Kamara, um, Saquon. I, don't really... I assume it's Kamara, Saquon, and CMC, but then there's right. a fourth. Mike, just say it's Dalvin Cook. Look smart. Just oh, say yeah, it's Dalvin yeah. Cook. It was Dalvin Cook. <laughs> uh, I am listening to Mike when it comes to RB1s next year. Yeah. Mike, why were you so down on him? Was it just you were valuing the other people better, or did you have a reason? Um, a couple reasons. One, uh, I, I did. I had. Uh, I, I didn't think he could finish over CMC, Saquon, um, and Dalvin Cook um, and Barkley. Um, no, I, I, I think I, I figured he was going to miss two games. Um, and then if he was going to come back anyways, it was going to be like a two week, three week layover just because he hadn't played at all. Um, and with, so that would have pushed him down to like three or four as it is. And then, um, so yeah, it was just more, more of him holding out than, than anything else. Plus I, I'm always going to pick CMC as long as he's in his prime as number one. He's definitely one next year. Yeah. He I, was I, it, good last year, and then he left. He was the number two running back, and then he got huge. We could have seen – I could have seen that coming, but I did not. Another yeah. thing I did With, not see coming – oh, yeah, go for it. Oh, I was just going to say, uh, CMC to me, I just have a special bond because uh, going all the way back to college, uh, I, I, I was the one that in Dynasty Leagues put him at number one over Fournette and – so it's just one of those things that, that you nail the dismount on, so you're always going to be parcel to no matter what. Well, you can do a victory lap because that is great. Someone else hoping to do a victory lap in the Super Bowl is Drew Brees. Ah, another injury. Yeah, I don't like winning this one. Uh, Mike had him as QB8, and I thought his arm was dead after this last half of the 2018 season. I had him as QB16, and I guess I won. But I really did it because there's nothing wrong with his arm, clearly. Another yeah. weird vi- Pyrrhic victory. I mean, he was, what, f- like top five, top six in fancy points per game? Uh, chop it up? I mean, I don't know. No, I, I mean, I think if you're going to say, okay, well, Curtis Samuel is, fell at number 31 because of such and such reasons. I, every, if, if you pick where these players go and that's where they fall, then... You're, you're that does that's where people are listening to. So Evan saying, okay, he's a QB 16, regardless of what happens or why it happens. If he, if that, that person hits 16, then you're right. 
All right. <laughs> this is how I see it. I, I see it as it's, if someone's looking at their rankings and they see Drew Brees at 16, for whatever reasons they have, those, those are reasons. However fluke it happens, uh, why it happens, it doesn't really matter because the person who's drafting, who's using rankings, are using quarterback 16 as a reason. And if that's where he hits, then you are benefiting that owner. Yeah, technically that's right. But looking forward, I'm definitely going to take it like I'm wrong and not doubt Drew Brees' arm in 2020. You know, I got I to gotta act like I'm wrong just to learn from it. I can't be like, ha-ha, I picked him to go down and he went down, so I'm not drafting <laughs> him next year. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it might be a difference in philosophies and ranks, and I think we talked about this, where it's not where I think the player is going to end, it's what player I would take ahead of of another player, which is why I think, Mike, I conceded to you that, uh, Evan, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I conceded that I'm like, yeah, Chubb will probably end up top 12, whatever, but I don't want him in the playoffs because of Kareem Hunt, and, and that's why I had him ranked where I did. I think that's what my thought process was. Uh- I, I, if I, what it, what I got out of it was exactly that that it was a playoff situation and you're like well um, you get you, you take Chubb into the playoffs and you draft him so high and then he leaves you high and dry then where where are you left at so yeah his his ranking so you believe you believe stronger that his seven his RB seventeen wasn't really an RB seventeen. It was only that. It wasn't because he was a, a running back 17. It was more because of his situations with Cream Hunt and the fact that the playoffs were going to be hampering. Yeah, it was a situation where I was looking at it and saying, okay, do I, I don't remember what I had in front of him, but, but, you know, it was one of those things where I look at it and I'm like, okay, I'm on the clock. Which player am I, am I going to take? And my concerns about Cream Hunt pushed Nick Chubb down while I conceded that. Nick Chubb will get could could possibly more than likely get you to the playoffs, but I was worried about what would happen in the playoffs. I was worried about what would happen adding, you know, a guy who was a top five, um, you know, top five guy by talent in the league at running back for the last time he played. Um, what that would do to Hunt situation or Chubb situation, and that's just what uh, pushed him down for me. What, going over the email chain for the, when we were coming up with the the rankings debate for the show, it was very difficult for us to find guys that we differed on. That's why we did Curtis Samuel, wide receiver thirty one or wide receiver twenty four. It's like who cares? <laughs> but we just because we talk to each other like four hours a week, and we're all good at fantasy, so we're frequently right. It's really easy to convince each other, uh, and so we just gradually shift to the same the same place relatively. So, yeah, that Nick Chubb was probably – we just had to pick something. Yeah, it was It was definitely um, – I think I remember we pulled it up because it was a – we wanted to talk the difference in philosophy too. Because I remember you guys were like – we're like, running back 17. I'm like, oh, I got a reason for it. I got a reason for it. We'll talk about it. <laughs> so I think that's what it came down to for me at least. Ah, uh, Speaking of ludicrous propositions – Ah, uh, which we which we weren't. Ah, uh, if you would have told me, I was low on Robbie Anderson. Jeff was relatively high. He had him wide receiver twenty one. I had him wide receiver thirty two. If you would have told me that after this season, Robbie Anderson would be asking for a ten million dollar a year contract, I would have assumed that Jeff was right. But it turns out Robbie Anderson is just crazy. So yeah, he had uh, he finished thirty eighth in total points. He played every game, and now he's on the market asking for $10 million a year. I don't know if it's, – it's like the old negotiation standpoint where you're like, oh, I'll just bet, ask for infinite money, and then we'll negotiate to a point in the middle. I think that's what he's doing, but he, he – do you think that Robbie Anderson is going to get anything close to $10 million? Uh, Yeah, I think so. I think he'll get uh, maybe eight and a half. I, wow. I think, I think a lot of it's going to be tied up in incentives and uh, non-guaranteed money. Um, but, uh, you know, maybe a, a, a four year, $35 million contract isn't out of the question. He did have a great stretch down the, the finals, uh, for fantasy where in his last five games, and I'm not counting week 17, because if you win a week 17 league, you didn't win anything. Uh, he was in double digits for the last five weeks here, uh, which helped 
Sixty-five percent of people who owned him. I guess they picked him up when he got hot. All right. Yeah. And so and uh, I did want to defend myself on the Robbie Anderson take. Uh, we didn't know Sam Darnold was going to get mono. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, he he suffered during that stretch. Let's see. Yeah, yeah, he had five straight games right around then. When was that? Week five. Uh, give or take. But I got the numbers with and without uh Sam Darnold on the field here. So with Sam Darnold on the field, he was a uh, wide receiver twenty five. Without him, he was wide receiver seventy eight. Dang. Okay, well that that's another Pyrrhic victory. <laughs> Pyrrhic victory, yeah. This is the, that's the theme of this of this. The theme of the next segment is top fives. Ooh. We picked the top fives back in September. Okay. No, no, July, July. People, listen, July. Also, I got the dates wrong. The uh, over unders was May. Okay, that's what I thought. So, so AJ Green was not carted off the field in May. AJ Green was carted off the field during the podcast that we just discussed the rankings battles. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So we didn't we didn't jinx him. Okay. AJ Woo. Green, I rescind my apology. <laughs> please mail it back to me. Yeah, please give it back. But in July, July twentieth, so preseason hadn't started yet. We ranked our top fives at each position. And I guess we should start with quarterbacks, but I don't want to. We got the old Andrew Luck rope a dope. I was smart enough to not have Watson, Deshaun Watson, my top five. And because of that, I was perfect. 0 for 5. Way to go, me. <laughs> yes. I had Mahomes, number one. He finished sixth. Luck, number two. He did not finish. Mayfield, three. Oh, July Evan. Your streak of optimism always fails you. Don't you know that? Uh, Aaron Rodgers, number four. And Matt Ryan as fifth. Yeah. Where did well, Matt Ryan end up? Matt Ryan ended up about eighth. Let me pull that up. Well, you discussed your list. You had Watson number one, Mahomes two, Watson finished third, so I counted that as a win. Andrew Luck three, Aaron Rodgers four, and Baker Mayfield five. Well, I, uh, I mean, we got to take all of our Andrew Luck takes and just set them aside. I don't. There's nothing we can do there. Um, Patrick Mahomes. Um, it was one of those situations where. Um, Doing when I was doing the project, projections, I remember with Mahomes and uh, 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 Watson, I would go in and I would tweak one thing, and I'm like, oh well, now Deshaun Watson's my number one, and I go and I tweak in another thing, and like, oh well, now Patrick Mahomes is my number one. What I didn't account for was Patrick Mahomes's um, uh, kneecap ending up on the side of his leg, and him having to recover from that. Um, but I mean, ultimately, he ended up six, so. Um, but it's, you'd be hard pressed to find, you know, somebody who didn't have Mahomes in their top three at worst. Aaron Rodgers was just, uh, I talked about it the last episode on the bonus where I need to start looking forward and not backwards at bounce backs. I was banking on a bounce back and well, Baker Mayfield kind of undoes that. Cause I was looking forward at a breakout and that I got way too far over my skis. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to revise my top five right now, if that's okay with everybody. I'm going to go ahead and <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson. Uh, uh, oh, shoot. I did it by average points per game. It doesn't even work. God bless it. Do you ever review an old email chain and try to communicate with your past self by replying? Like. No. I'll read I'll read all the emails from my wife from like 2007, and I'll be like, Evan, you're being kind of not smooth here. Oh kind yeah, of, kind of a good email. Like, oh yeah, 2007, Evan. Just just in case, maybe I'll get it. Oh man, yeah, no, I, I my old work emails all the time where I'd send an email off to a body shop, and then I'd get an email back from him, and I'd go back through that file and be like, what? What was I doing? What was happening here? Why, Jeff? What are you? What What's going on with your brain? I, I do that on, on Facebook sometimes. I'll come across old posts and go, why am I so passionate about this? <laughs> <laughs> why do I care? I yeah. remember when I had the energy to be passionate about anything. <laughs> uh, uh, your list, uh, Mike, was extremely similar. You had Watson 3, and you nailed that, and the Mahomes, Luck, Rogers, and Mayfield. Have anything else you want to add to this flaming pile of predictions? <laughs> no, let's just light it up and get on. All right. Mike had – let's go to a victory. Mike's number one running back 
with CMC. Ooh, buddy. He nailed it. He had Ezekiel Elliott, too, so I guess he soured on him between uh, July and August. Oh, yeah. Well, that was the holdout, wasn't it? Oh, that's right. The holdout roast with sourdough on it. But he still finished fifth, so I counted it as a win. Saquon and Kamara and David Johnson, I did not count as wins because they did not at or near the top five. They finished, just transitioning my stat list here, they finished blah. That's where they finished. Yeah, they were awful. Eight, four to six, seven, eight. Saquon was 11th. Kamara was 13th. I'm not even going to hit next page enough times to find David Johnson. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're going to have to go through a lot. Yeah. I'm going to say, I'm going to defend us. David Johnson did, was performing well before he got hurt and then fell off the face of the earth. He was getting a lot of fantasy points. Uh, he was and, a RB1 all the way up. I mean, like, like I said, his last game that he started... He was he scored uh, like two touchdowns, had like four receptions and ninety yards. I mean, he, he scored twenty four points in my home league. So yeah, it, it, he's just not a fit. I just don't. I just think they like Kenny and Drake better. Yeah, but July Evan should know better than to go high on a court, on a running back with injury history. July Evan should have known that. Yeah, there. Here I found it. Uh, before getting hurt in Week Eight, David Johnson averaged seventeen point seven uh, fantasy points per game. That must be half PPR, and he had wow. over a hundred yards and/or a touchdown in every single game in that span. Okay, so yet again, an injury derails our entire business. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna defend myself on the David Johnson take because I found that uh, when I was looking. Us, just so people know, all five of us, all three of us, I can count. <laughs> rank David Johnson number five. Yeah, we all had him number five. So glad I didn't pick fifth anywhere. Yeah, I was, I was, I was happy I got him ninth in the fishbowl that I did not make the playoffs in. Oof. Although the guy who won week year one came in second this year. This is year three of our own private fishbowl. So good job to. Oh, and I love his name. Good job to Sir Vixalot on the Something Alpha forums. Uh, you are a genius. Anyway, at July Fantasy Football. Anyway, the rest of our lists are, are our lists are identical. In some, except for Mike getting CMC number one, uh, Evan and Jeff had him number four. But the rest of it is just some combination of Elliot, Barkley, and Kamara. We didn't get we didn't get cute with it. Yeah, I think we talked about that too, where it was like there wasn't much to talk about because we were all pretty much the same. Yeah, what we weren't the same on is wide receivers. Uh, Mike had DeAndre Hopkins number one. I believe he finished sixth. Mike had Devontae Adams, number two, and he got the turf toe. Then Mike hit on the, to- the last three. Uh, Michael Thomas, number three, he finished first. He was higher on Thomas than anyone except for Jeff. Uh, he had Mike Evans, number four, and I'm counting it. Uh, and Julio Jones, number five. I had to count Mike Evans, even though he didn't actually finish top five, because I was like, I can't let yet another injury derail my show notes here. <laughs> this is making me so pissed. Yeah, it was all just like, well, this would have been right, except for these injuries. <laughs> so, and Mike, you're the wide receiver hero. Yeah. Woohoo! Even Jeff didn't have Evans fifth. I think he had him sixth, if I recall correctly. That sounds right. We talked about it a lot. So yeah. It's close enough. I, again, went one for five with Devontae Adams, number one, Hopkins, number two, Julio, number three. He finished three. Tyreek and Juju Smith-Shushu. Rounded out my list, and they sucked. Uh, Ty- well, I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, Juju was the, the Roethlisberger injury, so I wouldn't beat yourself up too much about that. I'm gonna. You're gonna? Tyreek didn't even finish top 10. Oh, he got injured. Oh, hi. This is what I mean. When I was doing these show notes, I'm like, almost every player, our predictions got, got wonky because of uh, an, an injury. A seemingly freak injuries. Yeah, wasn't it his clavicle, like, dislocated yeah, or something? Oh, he broke it. Yeah. Ugh. Ah. Yeah, so, I mean, for me on these ones, um, yeah, the turf toe on Adams. Hopkins was a was a swing and a miss, and uh, Tyreek got hurt. So, it's like, I was, I, I thought I was, see, here's the thing, looking back on it. I thought I was really high on um, Evans and Julio, but I wasn't higher than, Evan on Julio and Mike on on Evans. So it's interesting to 
to think back about because I thought I was high on both of them going into the season, but I guess I guess I wasn't as high as you guys were. Hopkins did finish fifth overall. I don't mean to uh, to downplay that, but I didn't count for any of us because we all had him like one or two. Yeah, you know, that's, first round. That's... I don't want I don't want a first round pick going to the fifth overall wide receiver. Yeah, that that's a bit of a miss. What happened there? He just Michael Thomas, Chris Godwin, Julio Jones, and Cooper Cup had monster seasons. Ah. Uh... I mean, I'm gonna let me. I'm gonna say he probably got less. Eh, yeah, I mean, uh, well, with Hopkins, it, it was his yards per per catch. They really dropped down quite a bit. Uh, so he, everything else sort of, I think, remained the same. Like his his receptions were up there and his touchdowns, but it was just the yards that that killed him. How come yeah. neither had uh, Tyreek in the top five? I had Tyreek in the top five. Oh, you wrote, yeah, okay. Yeah, I had Tyreek at five. I thought the, oh, go for it. I was going to say, I just thought the Chiefs were just going to keep rocking and rolling from what they did last season. Mike, what was your deal? (laughs) (laughs) Um, To be honest with you, I... Right, and I want to know so I can steal it. uh, Yeah, I, I... I, you know, I always had him at seven, but I I did tell you the the reason why, I don't know. I, I don't remember. This was also when Tyreek Hill was the worst person on earth before that title was taken by Antonio Brown. Yeah. So we that might have affected all of us. It didn't yeah. affect me though because I, well, I I I always believed that he wasn't going to get suspended. So did. um yeah, it, it yeah, I just maybe just a a gut instinct um and also, to be honest with you, I couldn't tell you why I named name these guys my top five. It's just one of those things that I do without reason, I guess. Or <laughs> he had just been, it had just been announced that he wasn't suspended like the day before. That's interesting. Hmm. We have. Uh, oh no, we didn't have good timing on the AJ Green thing. I was going to say we have some great timing on stuff, but but not quite. Did we really not do tight ends? I'm looking at the notes here. I couldn't find it, and I seem to recall I was out of town that week, and I seem to recall you and Mike saying, "Man, who cares about debating the top five, the fifth tight end, the fourth <laughs> tight end? It's just gonna be some rando." And you were both right. Hey, it worked. Yeah, yeah it's like, Waller, some it's rando. like the big three, and then who cares? You know, yeah. there wasn't really much to talk about. That that was it, and I I think you had to miss that show, Evan. So we're just like, eh, we'll get to it when Evan, if Evan, um, when Evan comes back on. If we get to it, and yeah, we just never, I think, really got to it. Hmm. Well, one thing we are going to get to is NFL playoff predictions. Yeah. Absurdity, I, sp- I actually did some graphic design, which is the thing that I am worst at. I was so stressed out about it, but I made a little chart that I think looks passable. Of all of our, our, our staff, we have uh, 11 of our staff weigh in on... Who's going to win the playoff predictions? And the first one is, oh my goodness, I can't find it now. Let's see here. The first one is Buffalo and Tennessee. Uh, while I look this up, Jeff, who do you have winning that? Um, so on the actual website, I think I had the Patriots winning it. Buffalo and... is, I, I can't even get the team right. Mean, Buffalo sorry. Houston. On the actual website, Patriots win Buffalo Houston. They fly in and storm the field and just beat everybody up. Um, no, for the uh, for this one, I have uh, Buffalo winning this one in the bracket that I did today. Can't quite remember what I put um, earlier this week. I think I put Buffalo, um, but I think they're just the better team. JJ Watt coming back or not, I think that Buffalo's the better team. They have the uh, highest upside, I think, and um, I'm going with Buffalo in in the uh, in the uh, this one. Mike, you had Houston. Counterpoint. I, I just think when when we're looking at defense uh, playoffs, the game starts to slow down quite a bit, and you really need a good running back to get you through. And you know, which one had an okay year, but I I really like the the combination of Josh Allen and Devin Singletary. And I think they're just going to, with that defense, so running and defense wins, wins you games in the playoffs. And they really have both. So 
I like Buffalo. This was oh, our... you're th- you're pulling a a uh, an audible mic because you had Houston a few days ago. You're you're switching it up. Oh yeah, I did, huh? Yeah. Tuesday Mike Tuesday Mike was excited about the return of JJ Watt. Ah, that's right, that's right. Now it's coming back to me. Yeah, so with Josh Allen, Josh Allen's um, mistake-prone ways and his 52% completion rate, I think it was going to be the downfall of Buffalo. We were the most split. This was the easily the most polarizing game. Uh, yeah, this, down, this can go either way at any time. Six to five was the votes from our staff, and Buffalo barely won. Uh, I just want to add one of our most one of our riders with the most personality, uh, Mike Nassani, says Houston will win because you should never underestimate a rabid fan base smarting from epically devastating playoff losses, both in last year's playoffs and those Oiler losses to the Bills in the early 1990s. Nice. Oh, golly. <laughs> 30 years worth of history is going to rise up and destroy Buffalo. Wow. Huh. Well, That's- then. Speaking of rise up and destroy, we weren't so polarized with New England and Tennessee. Uh, eight people said New England, and three said Tennessee, and all three of us said New England. I said New England because I hate myself. Why did you guys say New England? Uh, because I don't think the Patriots are making it to the Super Bowl, but I'm not going to bet on the Titans being the one to... I'm not giving the Patriots the satisfaction of me being wrong is, I guess, the way that I I can put it. (laughs) I did the Evan move of like, well, if I'm wrong, I'll be happy. (laughs) Pessimism. Pessimism. Uberalis. Yeah, I I, I just I think Tennessee has a good chance. But when the Patriots are already probably pretty pissed off that they're even in a wild card spot. And that's probably the last thing you want to do to the Patriots is piss them off. And uh, it, even with that, it, they're so seasoned. It, I just don't. And then, and then on top of that, they're in Foxborough. Yeah, I don't see. I, I don't see that happening at all. That Tennessee is going to win just on those kind of reasons. The people who did pick Tennessee uh, highlighted Tannehill playing uh, lights out. And the offensive line being great, and uh, Tom Brady's offense not being good enough to stop the slow-moving wall that is the Titans' ability to score. One yeah, that's, oh. that's fair enough. Derrick Henry's going to need like 150 yards against New England to win this game, and there's no way that defense is going to allow Henry to get 150 yards. Oh, he heard you. He's listening. <laughs> the reverse jinx. Uh, Carl Leslie, one of our writers, says the never evil empire, I assume he means Patriots, is not falling. It's just a down year. Oh, come on. It's just a down year. Brady's like 600 years old. Their offense is uh, lackluster. Yeah, it really is. It runs through Sony Michelle, and Sony Michelle is not great. (laughs) Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, all those pieces aren't, aren't doing good. Speaking of not doing good, uh, Minnesota and New Orleans is the first Sunday game, and that one did not generate any debate. All 11 of our staff picked New Orleans to win. Minnesota's looked horrible, and Drew Brees has revitalized New Orleans. The city and the team. Jeff, do you think that... What, is gonna, what, what, what situation would have to happen for Minnesota to upset the Saints? Uh, charter bus crash. Charter bus crash. Now we've done it. The jinx yeah. is on. Now the jinx is on. Um, I mean, another Minneapolis miracle, but this time on the road. I mean, it, I mean, they they pulled it off last year with the the highest of BSery, um, with the uh the 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 uncalled pass interference and the Minneapolis miracle. I mean, it's gonna take. Something like that, some sort of game game breaking play for Minnesota Avenue. Oh, this is the one. Minneapolis Miracle Revenge game. Yeah. I think that this is I think that it um the only way I can see Minnesota turning this one out is um some sort of like pick six, fumble recovery six where the Saints are in the uh Minnesota like red zone. Where I they they he- Finish. No, I got to. I was gonna say I where they chewed, where they chewed up a lot of time and wasted a lot of time and ultimately got nothing out of it. 
And uh, that's the only way that I can see this one being a Minneapolis win or Minnesota win. Mike, what are the keys to a Minnesota victory? I think a lot of it is going to be up to Dalvin Cook um, controlling the clock and keeping New Orleans Saints offense off the field and Kirk Cousins being sort of a, uh, you know, just being himself and not doing too much, you know, being one of those quarterbacks like an Alex Smith where you hit the players when you need to hit the players and, you know, you don't throw interceptions, but you're also don't want to be as safe as Alex Smith either. So I think Kirk Cousins have just has those skills and Dalvin Cook's his knees going to just keep that clock turning or it's yeah. The, that, that Saints offense is just going to bury them pretty quickly. New Orleans' key to not just this game, but to winning the Super Bowl, is to simply end the game at the two-minute warning. Just find, <laughs> find the lights and pull it out, get a Tesla machine, make a sweet thunderstorm. Because in 2017, you had the Minneapolis miracle. In the 2018, you had that blown pass interference call. They play, they play a, great, a great 58 minutes of football, and then something out of their control goes nuts. Well, out of their control is a weird way to describe the pass interference call because they did get it in overtime. But just end the game with a two-minute warning. Things go horribly wrong for them after that. Yeah, I mean, that that's fair. If they could petition the league, I think things would go a lot better for them. Just, you won the stadium. They're playing at home. Just pay a guy to flip the switches off. The whole Before, stadium goes dark. Uh, the Ravens tried it, and it was successful for them in the Super Bowl. That, so. well, that did flip the momentum, yeah. Yeah, no, so. it was the other way around. 49ers were behind. No, I was saying the Ravens tried to flip the switch so the Niners couldn't come back, and they ended up winning. So it, it they, they tried it, and they still withstood the thing. But, yeah, the Niners came back after the lights came back on. You know why? Because they had them right where they wanted them. <laughs> right where they wanted them. The Niners just wanted to see the halftime show, whoever that was, Katy Perry or whatever. And to this day, we won't know how many people – Ray Lewis managed to stab in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, Philadelphia Eagles at Seattle. <laughs> Sorry, Seattle. I'm so funny. Ha ha la. Okay, Philadelphia Eagles at Seattle Seahawks. Uh, eight of us picked the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Jeff or Mike, because you seem to need a reminder. Uh, you picked the Seahawks. You said the Eagles' wings are clipped and have flown into several windows over the course of the season. Gosh. Which is true. They have to rely on wide receivers such as, and I had to look up the spelling of this guy's name because I'd never heard of him, Deontay Burnett, Greg Ward. Well, I didn't have to look up the spelling of his Deontay name. Deontay Burnett is not a player. I'm yeah. sorry. I had to look. I'm like, oh, is this real? Did you just make this up? <laughs> oh. did, did they sim into the next season in Madden and get a guy from the draft class? Just a randomly generated character? Robert Davis is the third wide receiver. Oh, come on. What the heck? Uh, also... Mike, talk about the talk about the Seattle's run game. We thought it was dead a week ago. Yeah, but then then they go and get uh, Marshawn Skittles Lynch, and uh, this Travis Homer dude came out of nowhere. Yeah, uh, he's yeah. good. Uh, he looked yeah, he looked really good. And so their their running game, you know, you get Lynch down on the goal line, and Travis Homer catching passes and rushing. Uh, but you know, I do have the Eagles to win this game. Actually, I have them. Winning twenty-seven to twenty-four. All right. And oh, the reason and the reason oh, you why, do. yeah, I didn't read the second paragraph. And the yeah. reason why is because Seattle's horrible, horrible against tight ends. I think they're thirtieth overall in the NFL. And guess who Philadelphia has a tight end? So Zach. Well, Ertz might not play. Who? Ertz. Ertz he might not play. I yeah. Oh, great! More injuries for the Eagles. Yeah, but I mean, Goddard, pressure, huh? Goddard should be able to uh, uh, take advantage of that. So your point stands. Um, yeah, he's still not cleared for contact as of five wow. hours ago. Well, they Yeesh. have the Sunday game, so yeah. I'm hoping. I, if, if, if Ertz is out, then this is this is a Seattle victory. Uh, it, even though the Seattle's still weak against tight ends, the, it has to be a two-man show um, for, for the Eagles to win. So... Um, with that said, if, if Ertz is out, then I, then I change my, I flip over back to Seattle. Okay. That's fair enough. To research this game, I found a YouTube of an eagle fighting a seagull. And <laughs> eagle is just, can move so much quick. It, it can do, it can change direction so much quicker. 
you know, and that 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 shows how the Seattle Seahawks can pivot strategies so much better to keep the Philly defense guessing what they're going to do. Uh, Jeff, what's your thoughts on the game? Uh, I think that uh, it's going to come down to the fact that the Eagles are too banged up to, to do anything about anything. Um, I think the Seahawks will have enough Russell Wilson BS in them to um, make it work. I mean, they almost took down the number one seed in the NFC. It took some truly boneheaded, uh, I mean, some, some fortuitousness um, and uh, some boneheaded plays for the Niners to pull that one out. So, I mean, I think they're going to run, uh, literally run all over the Eagles. And I think it's, uh, I don't think they're going to be able to contain, I think both Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf could have big games. And I, I just think that picking Philly is getting too cute. <laughs> well, shots fired at Mike. Mike, how do you feel about being called too cute? Well, that's assuming that Zach Ertz isn't playing, which is yeah. the, the same thing that Mike is saying. I'm saying I'm saying no Ertz, and they're starting with Deontay Burnett and Greg Ward at wide receiver. Like the, trying to pick Philly in that situation is getting too cute. So I'm assuming Ertz isn't playing. That's that's my why I said it's getting too cute. Is that How do you fair enough? Feel like about Jeff walking back. <laughs> I walked back nothing. Great bullet thrown at you. <laughs> Dang it, why do you walk things back? Nevin, you're not allowed to host anymore. I did a bad job. You're stirring. No, you're up, you're over here stirring pots and you're 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 not allowed to host anymore. You're you're trying to make us fight. Done. I don't like hearing my voice this much. All right, fair enough. With AJ Grain, huh? Spe- uh, speaking of that, uh, I've th- I've come to the end of our show notes. Did we have anything else we want to talk about? I had nothing else to talk about. Mike, did you? Um, no, unless we're gonna pick our way through the the playoffs, uh, the rest of the playoffs. Other than that, now we're good. All right. Well, I think that'll do it then. Um, thanks for listening to the Football Absurdity Podcast. We will be next back next week in the bonus feed. Uh, talk about um, what we saw in these games and talk a little bit about the next round of the playoffs. So, um, for Mike, for Evan, this is Jeff. Thanks for listening, and you have a good one. Where's the bye? Oh, crud. Bye-bye. Bye.